0: Welcome to Creator Talks, I'm your host Christopher Calloway. On this show I have two guests, the creators of The Mall being published through Scout Comics, writer James Hake III, and artist Raphael Larrero, making his debut in comics. James was one of my first guests on the show, appearing on episode seven over a year ago. We were talking about his passion project, Solar Flare. It began as a Kickstarter and eventually was published through Scout Comics and is continuing to be published today. It just completed its second season and the third season is coming up this summer. And that's not all. The Mall was first released as a zero issue on free comic book day and issue number one is coming out in July. We're going to talk about the book, about each of the creators, and about other projects that James is working on including Long Live Pro Wrestling which will also be out this summer. And at the end of the show, after the credits, I'm going to have some additional material from the interview, some bonus material. Now, please note this episode is rated E for explicit. I want my guests to be comfortable and to be natural when they're interviewing with me. So if something is said and it's not excessive or mean-spirited, I will certainly leave it on the show. But I will give you a warning with an E rating. And I'm just telling you in case you have little ones in the car while you're listening. Because when I'm listening to the podcast in the car while driving the kiddies to school, it's something I like to be aware of. All right, well, I begin my conversation with Raphael asking him about where he lives, Sao Paulo, Brazil. We talk about that and a whole lot more here now on Crater Talks. Welcome back to the show. Hey, how you doing, Chris? Very good, and Rafael, welcome for the first time to Creator Talks. Thank you, thank you for having me. Before we get started, Rafael, you live in San Paulo, Brazil. It's the ninth largest city in the world. I didn't know this, in terms of population, and the largest in the Western Hemisphere, bigger than New York and LA. That's amazing. Why should San Paulo be on my list of must-see places?
1: São Paulo has uh, the same characteristics, I think, of, of New York at a certain scale, because it's a convergence of different people. It is a, a metropolis, so it has all the type of food, cultures, literally people from all around the country come here to work. You never cease to see different people. If you want to come to Brazil, people normally tell you to go to Rio, because it's the most uh, vacation-y place. But it's at the same time, it's just another place with a beach, for me, particularly. You went to a beach, went to all beaches, I think. (laughs) Me and my girlfriend, we live in the old downtown. It's where a lot of history of the city is actually located. So you walk through the streets here, you see a lot of cool stuff you never would see in any other country or any other place, I guess. Uh, Brazil was like the U.S. We were colonized by different people. So you ha- you had the Italian, the uh, Dutch, uh, Japanese, Portuguese. At the south of the country you have uh, German people, Spanish people. It's a whole cauldron of mixed stuff. And that makes That's it really, really interesting, you know. A lot of people come here uh, to Sao Paulo just because you can see a lot of the country, culture, here. You don't have to go all around the country to see it. It would be great if you did because you would see stuff that we don't have here like amazing landscapes but it's kind of like new york in a certain point you know a lot of people a lot of people everywhere (laughs) i think that's it Uh, i i really like the city despite the cost of living here it's a great place to be actually you're the center of everything
2: did you grow up there rap
1: not really uh i grew up in a a close city because it's a, a megalopolis actually where a lot of little cities grow together and become one mega monster so, so I grew up like in one suburb. of these li- yeah I grew up in one of these little cities after that we moved countryside and we moved a lot since then and then I I moved to the center of the country close to the capital then I moved to a, a more beachy like place and then when I grew up I wanted to pursue drawing as a career, and this was the place to be, so I came here.
0: If I were to stop by, if I were to go there,
1: where would you take me,
0: like the one place I should go see? I often wonder myself, if someone were to come visit me in Delaware, where the heck would I take them? What would be like, ah, this is Delaware, you know, so what
1: would be that one place? So Paulo has, like I said, it's a, a mix of a lot of different stuff. And right where me and my girlfriend live, it's the old downtown. So there's a lot of cool stuff to see. So I believe it would start, uh, if it wasn't a Sunday, we would go to a street market. Just so you could try some sugar cane juice. There's something we call, uh, there's no translation for this word, I think. It's called pastel. It's like fried pasta with stuff inside. Here in Brazil, we have this little... Saying that you never know the limits where we can go, so we really take foods all around from around the world, then we make it really crappy <laughs> and some stuff.
2: Oh, you've I never been it. to an American fair, man.
1: Dude. Deep fried twinkies
2: covered in chocolate. So. No, no. We have
1: sushi pizza.
2: Oh wow. <laughs>
1: Nice. Don't don't mess with us, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, I don't know. Uh, I, I still think the deep fried Twinkie covered in chocolate—that's amazing. And doused with powdered yeah, sugar. That, 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 that
1: actually sounds really good.
2: Yeah, it's it's like what is it? Once a year snack. And then arteries the blow up. that would be my last meal.
1: Well, but I would take you first to the the street market, so you could see variety of fruits and vegetables and stuff. Just the. Sheer experience of being in that place would take a stroll th- through the old downtown, seeing old buildings and stuff. I'm not sure if you're into that kind of stuff, but I am. I'm an architect by by formation. So then, uh, Avenida pa- uh, Paulista Avenue. It's uh, like the economic center of the country and on Sundays they close it so there's no cars and it becomes like an open park where people can go and stroll and ride their bicycles and there's like these bands playing. It's really cool. There's MASP, the museum. Then if you wanted to eat some cool stuff, I would take you to the Liberdade district. That's the Asian uh, colony part of the city. There's a lot of good food there. Is
2: Mm -hmm. surfing popular there during this time of year? Because I used to surf back in college. It's Sao Paulo. Is there like a surfing community there? Is there like big enough waves?
1: No, not really because we're not in the ocean. Okay, that's what I thought. I, I think that was Rio. That uh, if you go,, eh, if you go to Rio, you're, you're on the beach, but here we're not that far from the ocean, but the sheer amount of traffic you would get to go to a beach here the hours depending on the day you go. There's the street where uh, the studio where I work with my friends is very cool because it's like this underground vibe. There's a lot of cool bars. There's people all, all around. There's a lot of cool pubs there.
2: Rafael, you were telling me um, the studio that you have. Tell everybody about that. Like I thought that was awesome how you and a whole bunch of other Brazilian like artists all share this studio and you guys are kind of a collective. I thought that was really cool. How many people are in that studio?
1: We're at seven people, I think. It's basically an apartment where the guys rented it and everyone goes to work just so we don't have to work at home. And keep our professional and personal lives separate you know uh all the guys there do illustration and they do independent comics they do stuff for advertising educational stuff everyone there is very talented uh one of the guys just uh released uh, his own kind of comic book under uh, i think it's the biggest publisher we have here In Brazil, uh, I'm not sure you've heard it, it's uh, Mauricio de Souza studio. He created uh, Monica. I think it's the largest amount of material done for comics here in Brazil since the 60s, I think. I believe it's almost in the whole world. It's used for teaching kids how to read in other countries. Check it out, man. Even Stan Lee knows about it. (laughs) that really blew my mind when i when i heard so basically that's what we do we go to this place we all have our tables with our computers our cintiqs and we do our stuff there they were like two separate studios at once and they they, then they merged uh, because it was cheaper to rent just one place It's really cool. I'm the new guy, so I'm not from any of the studios. I'm just uh, the guy who occupied the empty table.
2: So I imagine it gets pretty packed there during the days. (laughs) Like, is everybody usually there at once? Not really.
1: Some of the the guys work uh, for other companies, game companies and stuff, doing cosplay art and developing stuff. Some of them do teach classes at art schools. Uh, So it's not everybody out at the same time there. We generally, like, arrive at 10 p.m., work a little, go have lunch, come back. Always people coming and going. It's a very cool place, man. Uh, It keeps the creative juices flowing, you know? And you don't be
0: working by yourself all day. That's kind of driving you crazy. It's good to get out there and work with other people, too.
1: And I used to work from home alone. You say it's great because you can work on your underwear. (laughs) (laughs) But, But at the same time, you're like, you don't leave your room um you don't see a lot of people so when you go to the supermarket it's like yay i'm going to, to <laughs> see people <laughs> you know
2: now it's, it's tough but you have to be a yeah it's hard to stay motivated and oh yeah absolutely bouncing ideas off each other too that's got to cool sharing your work getting motivation
1: and that a- helps you to like separate your personal from your professional life yeah. you it helps you get routine like uh, today, we all, I almost uh, lost track of time because I just came from the gym. Like the one day I actually pushed myself to go to the gym was literally the day I shouldn't have. That helps you, you know. You yeah. come home at night, you don't have to work anymore, you paid your dues, you
0: know. So now let's dig into your comic, The Mall, being published by Scout Comics. James, tell me about your co-writer.
2: Long, long time ago, I grew up in the, the 80s and the 90s. On the weekends when you're younger, you met all your friends at the mall. That was the spot it was at the height of the indoor mall popularity. And I've always kind of uh, reminisced about that. So I came up with a story based on the mall that I grew up here in Fort Myers. Uh, I'm in Florida. It's called the Edison mall. And I wanted to do like a kind of a mix up between of a, it's an old eighties film and a gangster movie where some criminal organizations were run out of the mall and the kids inherited. That's kind of the concept of the story. So I always had this in the back of my mind and, uh, my passion project that I'm working on, still working on, is Solar Flare. I was handling some meetings in San Diego this past year with uh, scout, and I met Don Hanfield. Don has a company with Jeremy Renner called The Combine. He really liked my idea, uh, and we decided to develop together. Really started working on it late last year and discovered uh, Rafael. Don did, and it's been fantastic, man, ever since. I didn't expect it to actually happen so soon, to tell you the truth. I mean, it really helped um, coming together with this team of guys that we have working on this project. Work that Raphael's done, and Dijo—he's our uh, colorist and our letterer, which is DC Hopkins. It's been coming together amazingly, and it, I'm
0: so excited. It's really a cool idea because anytime I go to the mall now, it's like going into a time capsule because <laughs> I don't know if many people go there anymore. I mean, kids don't hang out there anymore like they used to. Fort Myers, where I live, what had
2: happened, kind of the transition over the years, the malls started going outside, you know, where it's like you could park right up to the stores. And it is a mall, but everything was outside. There wasn't actually indoor. And it didn't make sense to me because in the summer here, and our summers are extended, it's super hot and it rains all the time. I didn't really understand it. And then, of course, with the Internet, even those outside malls are affected. You know, getting affected by uh, Amazon and whatnot. Going into the mall, it's almost like a ghost town, man. Seeing some of the stores there, it was just fascinating
0: to me. Do you have a favorite memory of going to the mall when you were a teen?
2: I don't know if it's a favorite memory. (laughs) It is. It's very endearing. So really where the concept came from with Organized Crime, there was this one store. It was the most premium location. It was a music store. And they used to play the – it was an organ store. And they used to play the organ like a guy would out there and try to get, I guess, people to come in. And he would play songs on the organ. And my mom used to always embarrass my sister and I. when we'd go, she would start dancing. (laughs) We'd be like, mom, mom. And she would just start (laughs) dancing with us. Yeah, so I'll never forget that. But um, what was crazy about that said organ store, you would see all these stores come and go. The organ store always remained. I have a very active
0: imagination, so that's kind of where the whole organized crime thing came from. My memory is on a first date, and I went to go see a movie because they had a movie theater at the mall, and the movie I saw was American Pop. Are you familiar with that? It's an oh, animated yeah, film?
1: Wow. yeah,
0: <laughs> I saw it when it came out on a date at the mall. Wow. <laughs>
2: American pop. Yeah. Now, is that mall still there, the one that you're referencing?
0: Yes, the mall is still – it's much bigger now. Uh, they keep adding stores. To it. More high-end stores have been added to it, and there are more outdoor stores around it. It's still there. It's been modernized a lot. Like before the malls back when we used to go there younger, they were very dark. I mean there were, there were no skylights or anything. Now they have a much more open feel to them. So a lot of them have been renovated, trying to get people back in there.
2: You see the mall that uh, it's based on, it's called the Edison Mall. Thomas Edison made his uh, winter home, him and Henry Ford, down here in Fort Myers. So a lot of landmarks are named after Ford and Edison here. Yeah, the Edison Mall, it's starting to get revamped a little bit. Like you said, it used to be very dark, but they just opened it up with like skylight, trying to bring in some light. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say people in my demographic, in our age group, they look back fondly for the most part, on indoor malls. And that's kind of our target audience. We set the story, by the way, in the 1980s too. A lot of big landmark things happened in the 1980s. The introduction yeah. of you know, the AIDS virus, the introduction of crack cocaine, a lot of different things. Hip hop music uh, really kind of started coming to the forefront. A lot of very cool things that we want to share with our readers as the story moves forward. But we're really, really excited about it. I'm excited to introduce to the States, Raphael is art style. <laughs> he gets embarrassed when I talk about it.
1: Yeah, but it's true. yeah, I do.
2: I mean, they already found out on Saturday with the free comic book day. But once issue one comes out, which I believe is going to be the second or third week of July, we're trying to arrange the issue to come out the same week of San Diego Comic-Con.
0: I saw a date of July 25th.
2: That's something that Diamond puts... I think just standard is July 25th for all titles. So if you look at that, it's always later in the month for all the titles. We're not sure. Again, it all depends on printer. There's a lot of things that we can't control. But ideally, we would like to have some by San Diego to do the big release. I'm going to be out there. So is Don and
0: uh, do some signings and whatnot. What kind of feedback did you get? You went to a free comic book day event.
2: Oh, great feedback. The comic store I was at, coincidentally, was right across the street from the mall that it was based on. Asked passed out about 400 copies of the book. The article just recently came out out of the 52 free comic book day offerings. I think they ranked us number two. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, we couldn't overtake the SpongeBob, man.
0: <laughs> I, I, I tell you, when I went to my local comic shop, SpongeBob was gone. I was yeah. trying to get one for my son, but... There was a few copies left for the mall, so I grabbed one. Even though I read a digital, one, I'm like, no, 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 I want mine. So, <laughs> actually, what I did, what I did was, I asked the comic shop to hold a copy for me. They do that for their subscribers; they'll hold, you know, two copies for adults. So I said, well, I want to make sure I get my copy. So please put one aside for me because I, I think they were gone. Yeah, that's what
2: we, we like to have. hear. And the story that takes place in Free Comic Book Day, by the way, it's kind of a fast forward. Again, we only had 16 pages to really tell a story that promoted, I guess, the series and let you know what's going on. So instead of
0: starting right at the beginning, we kind of uh, fast forwarded, you know, in the middle of our story. I did read the uh, number one issue and I could see where you're starting at the beginning. Individuals referenced in zero issue are in issue one. So you find out the origin of their father, or at least you you get this chance to see who his father is and how this all came to be. And them getting each a, a store in the mall. Great. Surprise ending, I'm not going to give anything away, but if people really dug that zero issue, wait till they see issue number one.
2: I'm really anxious to see the order numbers, too, because if people don't know, it's you can pre-order issue number one right now. Go to your local comic store, help support them. We're doing a pretty cool concept where we're having two covers per issue. Uh, There's going to be a retailer incentive cover if they order a certain amount of copies, they can get this special gangster movie poster edition. The regular covers are going to be based off popular teen 80s movies. So the cover of issue one is a uh, homage to The Breakfast Club. Uh, The cover for number two is going to be 16 Candles. The number three is Back to the Future. Four is Uncle Buck. Now the incentive covers are going to be based on gangster movies that took place in the 80s. So the first issue is going to be based on Goodfellas... Second issue is uh, married to the mob, third issue Garface, etc so really kind of cool concept, Raphael again, his art is incredible. He just uh, came out with a back to the future one and is so awesome basically we're taking our characters and putting them in those iconic poses that were on those famous movie posters.
0: even cooler though I mean this series it's going to be a mini series, but you 're setting it up well, I say mini series you 're setting it up in terms of seasons, almost like television, and are these books going to move? It basically in real time throughout a school year.
2: Uh, yes, that's what we're planning. So there's gonna be a fall, winter, spring, and summer. That's kind of how we're just like a normal uh, school semester, so to speak. That's the plan, and again, with Don's background in TV and film, he is the writer-producer of History's Nightfall, which is based on the Knights of the Templar. He also helped produce um, The Founder with Michael Keaton, all about the founder of McDonald's, his connections, and his drive. I really think it's going to help make this comic into a TV show. So we've already had, especially with the free comic book day, a
0: lot of interest in Knock on Wood. So this could be like a really valuable issue someday, this issue zero.
2: Knock on Wood. We also had, for those collectors, we did a um, a preview of the preview. For Comics Pro, which is a great organization of comic stores, uh, they have a meeting, and it was in February this year in Portland, provided preview of issue number zero. We did like a nine-page preview, and uh, that one's technically, I guess, the first appearance of our characters. Those are online at scoutcomics.com. We we just want to tell our story, and everything else is just gravy. I'm real excited about the potential on this one.
0: Now, with the zero issue, since it did sell out and it's hard to get a hold of is there a way for folks to get a digital copy online if they want to get a chance to read that before issue one comes out
2: we're going to place it on our, our web store free for download we also have scout comics presents number one which is like a preview of seven other scout titles but that should be up shortly by the time this airs we will have it up on our website
0: so again just go to scoutcomics.com slash store you have another title coming out too that is gonna be a binge and print. That's the wrestling one. Correct. So
2: that actually comes out the same month of them all. It's called Long Live Pro Wrestling. It's an issue number zero. And our binge and print, the concept is, is you release a regular issue and then shortly thereafter, you release the, the rest of the story or the season, so to speak. Starting point, and then boom, you got a, a story or a story arc. So we're going to attempt it. And I personally think just being part of Scout, I really think that's how everything's going to go move going forward, the whole comic industry in itself. Uh, we're doing it a test run again with the imprint, but I have a feeling that this could be a, a new thing. I mean, that's how people watch their TV now. I call it the Netflix model. All at once. And then you have to wait for the next season, so to speak. Okay, so the zero issue comes out and then... Shortly thereafter, in a couple months, uh, we release the full season or story arc in trade paperback form. So we eliminate issues two, three, four, five, six, And we release just basically a number zero or number one. And then release the rest of the story. And then based on popularity, based on if the creators want to continue... We release another issue, number one or zero, for season two, and then the trade
0: shortly thereafter. And the artist on that book is the same artist that you have on Solar Flare.
2: Correct. That's Branko uh, Jovanovic. Branko and I go back for a few years, an amazing artist. Solar Flare, we're releasing season three. We just wrapped up season two. The trade paperback comes out, uh, I believe, this month. At the end of this month but season three takes place in Sarasota which is a city north we're doing six issue seasons there and uh, as they make their trip from Florida to Tennessee so uh, number one comes out in August and continuing that story I have the privilege of working with two amazing
0: artists Raphael and Branco a lot going on in the Scout world now before I get to my fun questions that I ask all my guests Raphael I just have a few questions for you you started working as an art assistant for an advertising company and later as a salesman so Did you learn anything from advertising and sales? Anything that really helped you get work as a professional artist and has helped you in promoting your own work?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I actually started as an architect. I went to college and graduated as an architect. After that, I did a couple of projects, and then I I went into advertising as an art assistant. A lot of what I learned there was like the process of work and creative pieces, you know? We had a lot of art pieces for lot of companies doing uh, being done at the same time and you had to organize your your mind and your whole workflow to make sure everything came out right and on time everything has a deadline for like yesterday 2 p.m there's that uh so you had to learn how to to work with that and after a couple of years i was like really spent i was really burning midnight oil like every day and I decided to quit, and I said, like, this is not for me. I, I really like drawing, but not this. I like drawing comics. I like telling stories. So I I went back to my parents' house, started working as a salesman for a hardware store, and then and kept studying, kept studying a lot. My parents live countryside now, so when I found out that there was a school here in Sao Paulo that was... Uh, founded by like the first Brazilian guy to work for DC Comics. I came here every week. Friday night I took a bus. Arrived here Saturday morning. I had a class like during the whole day. Went back home like, kind of rest on Sunday and start all over again the week. Right by the end of the first year, I was at that school. I got my first chance to to work with comics like professionally. It never stopped from there. A lot of the things I did were like for independent comics, small-time publishers. A lot of it I have not seen printed yet because I I might have like doing eight things at the same time, or they never really spoke to me again. Just paid me, took the the art and ran with it. But I've never really seen. I, I have like one other comic here that i did it's called house of fear for 1031 publishing i have a few copies here still but most of the things i did for comics were like i don't know where they are i did this one where it was a mix of egyptian history with action and i still do things for advertising every once in a while because it really pays well so doesn't hurt I work for this studio from Canada where they do this web comic to run with a a TV show from what I could gather I'm not the only artist working on it because I have to emulate a style to work there Uh, and it's like a a mix of Lord of the Rings with Game of Thrones and some really weird stuff I sent James uh, a few pages this
2: week, oh, it's it's incredible. I wish I could share those. <laughs> but they yeah, are... yeah.
1: The Once NDA, they come out, man. I have man. been fortunate enough to make this into a living. This has been my main source of income. I still haven't broken into the the big industry per se, but that never really bothered me because I'm always working on something cool. When Don reached out to me. And told me about the project. Man, this is something you don't see every day. And it has been a blast to work with these guys every day. I can't stress this enough. Thanks a lot to Don for finding me. The work James and Don have done with this uh, story—it makes it easy for me to draw it. You know, because there's so much good stuff they've put out. It's fun for me. You know, it's really really great to to tell this story to be the guy that draws everyone's faces and expressions and put an image to the to the words these guys did
2: and he nails it every time man it's like it's unreal and i'll tell you what he's in my opinion the best kept secret in the comic industry And (laughs) this is going to be his big coming out party and it's going to be only a matter of time before uh the big boys call both don and i are going to enjoy our time working with him while we can
1: i really am working going to be working with you guys for a long time i hope
2: i hope so too man sign him now <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> the long-term contract sign him <laughs> yeah, sign him like yeah it's sports star we got to sign it
1: oh
0: yeah lock in oh no, it's great and i wish you the best with the book and i think you're going to do i mean just given the response from free comic book day. You guys are going to do very well. You're going to be on the radar. People are going to be talking about this.
2: I have to thank our publisher scout too, to give us such a premium spot in this free comic book, their first free comic book day offering and have thousands upon thousands of issues printed and advertising our issue one. It's awesome. If issue one isn't our best selling title, just based on the marketing uh, muscle that we've had behind it, it's going to be. And I really truly believe people are not going to be disappointed with this story.
0: So, folks, place your order. Don't count on your shops having extra copies there. You definitely want to, given what happened free comic book day, you definitely want to make sure you have a copy reserved for you. And tell your store about it. You know, make sure they know about it. They should. Like James said, there's plenty going into this marketing-wise, but still, talk it up.
2: Pre-orders is the the make or break in this industry, and it is the key. So the more you order, the better it is for everyone. Uh, The stores, uh, we will have a limited supply of copies online when it does come out. Just remember, in July, but pre-order now, I believe the order, final order cutoff date is May 24th. So if you hear this before then, go ahead and request that at your local comic shop. Again, we're looking forward to telling more stories and keeping it up. And again, there's uh, some great stuff out there. And I'm so excited for the world to be able to, uh, or at least the U.S. and Canada, to be introduced to Raphael and Dijo.
0: So let's learn a little more about each one of you. I have my fun questions I ask all my guests James, I'll start with you. What do you like to do for rest and relaxation?
2: Uh, I'm a big softball player. So I play softball. I uh, spend a lot of time with my wife going boating with a group of friends. So a boating fan. Spending time with my daughter, hanging out, going to her soccer games. She's a huge soccer player and travel team. So yeah, reading comics, a lot of stuff going on, man. So that's what I, not a lot of free time.
0: Raphael, how about you?
1: I have been working so much for the past couple of months. I'm not really sure what I do for uh, relaxation. Me and my girl, we usually like to watch movies and we go out sometimes. It's becoming more of a habit now. Uh, but I really, when I have the time to actually do it, uh, I really like woodworking. You know, Most of the furniture of our house, I kind of built myself. So that's what I do to, like, keep my mind from wandering to bad places. And it really helps me to reset and rethink the things I'm doing. Because it's like a kind of thing you do that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. So when you win that task, it's like, done, I did this. And that really pleases my OCD, you know. I think that's it. Uh, Woodworking, watching a few movies, uh, going out. To bars and hang out with friends. We're gonna travel the the end of the month to see. There's this comic festival uh, here. This each two years, I think. Brazil has a lot has a, has a big independent comic book scene. So we're gonna go there now. The end of the month to check it out. Not showing anything actually.
2: You know what I'm trying to do, Chris? <laughs> I'm trying to convince Rafael and his girlfriend to come. Uh... Spend a couple of weeks down here in Florida and do some conventions with me. That's a great idea. I'm, uh, really I'm hoping that's going to happen. Knock on wood, right,
1: bud? <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. The thing is, lane tickets are very expensive here in Brazil, man. It's like, cannot believe how much it costs. you got a place to stay. We, we were discussing it actually this weekend because... Housing, it's is the more expensive part, and that like would be already sorted. So,
2: well, no uh, rush, but I, when you do, what we can do too is plan some store signings.
1: Yeah, that'd uh, be great.
2: Some conventions that'll help uh, give you some chance to make some extra income on that side. So I can cover the costs and all the the convention stuff, and the store fri- signings are always free. Just something that helps the store bring in customers and helps the artists It's so a win win for everybody.
1: Yeah, that would be great, man uh but we would really like to go to the to these conventions because uh here in brazil we have like smaller conventions very scattered around the 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 country we have a big one at the end of the year a lot of cool names from from the us and other countries where comics are a big stuff they come here will smith came last year with he literally walked across our table and we're like Who's that guy? And like, oh, that's Smith. Fuck! Wow. <laughs> they were promoting Bright, I think. <laughs> I'll
2: give you a quick story. When I was in San Diego uh, two years ago, it was the big Suicide Squad, and they surprised everybody, the whole cast, to come up to the DC booth. They walked right by my table. All of a sudden, like the crowd stampeded and I was down like a separate narrow aisle. When the crowd stampeded to follow the entire cast, Will Smith was like the first to pass by. They started moving all the tables off because the, the aisle oh. was filling. So I'm Sitting there and then the tables being pushed back where I'm almost falling forward. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, God. this is a stampede. Yeah, luckily uh, it died down. Will Smith, he brings the crowd.
1: He really loves being Will Smith, doesn't he? Yeah, he's such a
2: charismatic, Nice guy. I mean, he was up there, I think, for hours signing stuff, man, when he didn't have to be. So, yeah, I've only heard good things. Some of these shows, man, especially San Diego, it's something to see. The conventions are just, I mean, they're none other. We have a big one coming up here in uh, Orlando called Megacon at the end of the month. I mean, the list of celebrities and comic
0: guests are unreal. Always a lot of fun, though. Now, my next question. Raphael, I'll start with you this time. Close your eyes. Think back. In your room growing up, what posters or pictures did you have on the wall? Uh,
1: because we moved a lot from, we rented houses in every place we went. Uh, we could not glue posters on the walls because it would be have to be painted later. So if we, we might want to do it, but we would to get spanked by my mom because, oh, you fucked up the wall. Uh, we didn't have a lot of posters, but I did have a lot of stuff glued on my, my wardrobe because it would be brought with me so we had a couple of posters from the brazilian version of wizard magazine from the 90s i think like some of the x-men stuff we have this great artist here in brazil i think the first brazilian guy to work on x-men his name is roger cruz I look him up he's pretty great a couple of years ago he did a x-men first class coming back to the question i think i had some posters of his art maybe uh, guns and roses poster, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think
0: What kind of music were you listening to? What did you have? I don't know if you had turntable or tape player or whatever in your room. I guess Guns N' Roses is probably one thing
1: you had uh, Usual Illusion double album I think I had a live Kid row album. It was right at the beginning of mp3 so I had a, a whole collection of Black Sabbath I think a lot of journey stuff Oh, yeah, I had a whole Eagles thing going on as well <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it's like all over the place. And uh, the bands from Brazil, you might not know them, but there's a lot of that going on as well.
0: James, how about you? What was on your bedroom walls and what were you listening to in your room? Bedroom walls? I'm a diehard
2: Oakland Athletics fan. I'm a huge fan and I had that poster on the wall. I also had a Lamborghini poster on the wall. I'm diehard, kind of leads into your next question. I'm a diehard U2 fan. And so even when I was younger, I had a U2 poster on my wall. When I was listening to U2, a lot of the stuff that Raphael just said, I was really big into ska music back then too, uh, ska and punk. So a very wide variety. Uh, I used to work at music stores when I was growing up. A lot of uh, music experience. And the only thing I'm not a big fan of is country music. I like old country music like Johnny Cash. Uh, but, oh, yeah. Yeah, yes, not, not, not much on the new one, but everything else,
0: I, I dig it for the most part. If you were stuck on a deserted island, what is the one book that you would want to have with you to read? For pleasure, it doesn't have to be like a survival guide, but a book or a set of books that are related. It could be a novel. It could be a graphic novel. What would that one book be, James? Probably the Bible, because I'm stuck on the
2: deserted island. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> Probably the Bible. For as far as entertainment books, I would probably grab one of these omnibuses that I have. Hmm. Man, Why the Last Man? It's my favorite book. Raphael, how about you?
1: Listening to your podcast and hearing people's answers, I never really thought I would actually be asked that, but um, (laughs) looking at my shelf here, I would probably take the... Oh, Akira from Katsuhiro Tomo because it's so massive, and every time you open it, you see a a new thing you you didn't see before, and the story is so good. Maybe some X-Men stuff, just to mix it up a little. And my girlfriend has a lot of Stephen King books that i never really read. I think I would try those, you know? yeah, I'm not into, like, scary stuff, but, you know, just to mix it up a little. Has she read Dark Tower? That's something
2: that I wanted
1: to read. She, she said she read the first one she thought it was a little slow, but everyone says it's great. I recently got into a lot of audiobooks, so I heard a lot of stuff. But I think that would be it. Akira, some X-Men saga that takes forever to read, and uh, the new Stephen King books. Now, if a toy company
0: were to make an action figure of you what would be your accessory james
2: (laughs) that's a great question probably an oakland a's hat (laughs) okay Okay. (laughs) makes sense so i'm gonna have to say oakland a's hat yeah that's gonna be my accessory with or without a hat f.a.l
1: i think it would be a toolbox and a flannel shirt (laughs) (laughs) i think stuff all around the house so that probably would be it Now,
0: your beverage of choice. James, what would be your beverage of choice? My addiction is Diet Pepsi.
2: I like Diet Pepsi quite a bit. I need to kind of break that habit. Alcoholic drink? My alcoholic drink of choice is a Grey Goose Soto Lime. That's mm, marvelous. One of those two. And of course, H2O. I love water.
0: I drink lots of it. Raphael, how about you?
1: I quit drinking a a few years ago. So everywhere I go now, I have to drink either water or this green tea with lime. Uh, It's made by by Coca-Cola, but it's the same whole uh, mix of chemicals and stuff. But it's so good. It actually, like, it's my uh, go-to drink wherever I go. When I used to drink... Uh, Back in college, uh, I loved to drink mojito. That was my go-to alcoholic drink. The mint and stuff, it really really resonated well with my boozy mood. (laughs) 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 That sounds
0: good. Final question. What question by an interviewer have you not been asked yet? a question you want someone to ask you so they know something about you they don't know what
1: would that question be i'm not sure what the question i've never been asked i can totally like 100 percent sure tell you what's the question everybody asks me especially on the artistic community and that's like an inside joke what brush do you use a hundred percent of people are like oh you do your work digitally what brush do you use I'm like The same one everybody does, like you know. But what nobody asked me is like, I don't know. um, What's my daily routine to work? I guess.
0: Yeah, you have your routine with going to the studio. How about you, James? Is there a question that you wish somebody would ask you that you just haven't been asked yet out of all the questions you've been asked? Gosh, you could kind of stump me. That's a stumper, man. What would you want someone to know about you that they don't know about? And it just doesn't come up in
2: conversation. Maybe that I used to play baseball. I'm a diehard baseball fan. How many home runs have
0: I hit? <laughs> there, there,
2: <laughs> that's the one.
0: My son's taken up t t-ball. He's six. Nice. So we went to a t-ball game this past weekend and Oh, that's fun because it's like oh, four it's and six... hilarious. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Like the...
2: I've, I've been there with my daughter where they hit the ball and all the kids just go after
0: it at once. It's a stare. Right. And then the kids like starts running the wrong way. It's like, no, 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 this way. Or they hit the ball and they're just excited. It's like, no, run, run, run. <laughs> and out of that, like say there's
2: 10 kids hitting, there's always at least two out of the 10. that after they hit it, they themselves go run after the ball. <laughs> it's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Oh, I love <laughs> it. The purity of the sport. So yeah, baseball. I, just baseball-related questions, you know, especially being older and further and further away from the game. I wish I wasn't further away from the game, if that makes any sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you both. I wish you the best of luck, and I'm looking forward to the mall number one coming out in July. Get the orders in. I'll put the code in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on Creator Talks this week.
2: Oh, Thanks oh. for having
0: us. And I will put this information in the show notes for The Mall Number 1 coming out in July. But just so you have it now, it is code MAY181968. That's code MAY181968 to pre-order The Mall, being published by Scout Comics. Coming up next week on the show, I have two guests. Next Thursday, Chris Sabella returning to the show and artist Josh Hickson, both working on Shanghai Red. It is their creator-owned series being published through Image Comics, and it is coming out Wednesday, June 20th. And I don't know if you've seen the ads, but here's what it says. Loved Christopher Sabella and Chris Vision's gritty crime storytelling in dead letters? Are you looking for a swashbuckling adventure akin to black sales? Are you a sucker for a wronged character out for revenge, like John Wick and Kill Bill? It might just be the book for you. So join me next week when I talk to both Chris and Josh about the book and about them. And as promised, stay tuned after the closing credits. I have some additional content from our interview. Enjoy. Thank you for joining me for Creator Talks this week. The show is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and also on Amazon Echo and Dot devices. Just say, Alexa, play podcast Creator Talks to hear the latest episode. In addition, you can listen to the show and follow it through Podbean your feedback is greatly appreciated so please rate and review on iTunes if you like the show or an episode that you heard your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping the show and I can't thank you enough for taking a bit of time to do that for your convenience in the show notes of each podcast I have a link to my iTunes page where you can rate and review the show and see the entire list of shows available if you haven't heard them all take a look through there are living legends and -and up-and-coming comic creators Tell family and friends who like comics and comic book creators about the show. And to subscribe. The content is free. Just as valued are your comments and feedback. You can reach me through Facebook and Twitter at Pod. That's at Pod. You can also reach out to me by email. You can find that at my website, creatortalks.com. At the website, you will also find blog posts, reviews of books that I have read that you might want to read too, my catalog of podcasts and videos and other written articles on the website creatortalks.com. A hearty thank you to all my guests. It is an honor and a privilege for you to make time to be on the show and talk to me about your work. It is your knowledge and insight into the creative process that makes the show so unique. My thanks also goes out to my family who makes this show possible, especially my executive co-producer, Mrs. Calloway. I'll be back each and every Thursday with a new interview. For Creator Talks, I'm your host, Christopher Calloway. Until next time.
2: So did you guys do the thing where... Uh you find out if you would have been eliminated by Thanos? Oh, no, I didn't do that, because I know I wouldn't No, be anyway. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, there's some kind of web thing. I did. I was eliminated, guys. So.
0: Uh,
1: oh, man.
0: <laughs> I did not survive. The now ride. I have to do it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Did you both have a chance to see the movie? Oh,
1: oh yeah. yeah. I was speaking to James earlier. I remember saying to my girlfriend when we left the, the cinema, I don't know how is it possible that this movie managed to make me hate... Justice League, even more. <laughs> Did you guys get that? Yeah. I mean, they mopped the floor with Justice League, man. It's unbelievable.
0: You think they could write a decent movie, but I don't know. I don't get it.
1: Uh, they don't That's have that crazy. much money, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the craziness of
2: it is like those three previous Batman movies were fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, and then they just like fell off a cliff. It's it's crazy how bad. I mean, Wonder Woman was good. Yeah. I like that one. I agree. Like, it's the best DC. And if it was a Marvel movie, you know, I'm not even sure it's top. It's still good. But I don't know.
1: Yeah. DC. Yeah. I think they should deliver all the movies to the women so they make it just as good as they did Wonder Woman, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. I, I think DC is, like, trying to catch up with Marvel. And Marvel's taken, like, 10 years to get to this point. Yep. You're absolutely right.
1: Kevin Smith has a, a great definition of what's going on. I'm not sure you guys seen that. No, what do you say? Uh, can we curse in here? Just so. Oh yeah, that's fine. Oh, okay. So Kevin Smith said on his podcast that DC Warner are like the the guy with a huge dick that yeah. think that just because of that it's not going to be any trouble at all just because yeah. they have a huge dick. And Marvel was the guy that had a a normal sized dick, and <laughs> he had to really really commit and really try. And that's why people love him more. (laughs)
0: Uh, And that's the best definition I've heard. (laughs)